Good evening, wherever you are, whether you are in Ghana or you are somewhere across the globe. You know, on Tuesday evenings like this, 8 p.m. GMT, we come back here to converge as catalysts and possibly to be catalysts to discuss a lot of uh, magical topics that pertain to achieving a better life, right? So it is the Catalyst Experience. My name is Mr. Otu, and I'll be taking you through an hour of, as usual, very, very informative and entertaining information. I have a couple of uh, resource persons here who will be taking me through or taking all of us through this week's uh, interesting, interesting subject matter. Before I go into the introductions, though, like we always do, if you are joining us on Zoom, do well to mute your microphone. So anyone who is here who has forgotten to mute your microphone, kindly mute your microphone so you do not interfere with the sound of today's uh, uh, you know, episode. For everyone else who is joining us on Facebook, hello and welcome. Do well to send the links. Make sure you are sharing the links with friends and family alike so they can join. Uh, we want the numbers to increase as always. You are welcome, finally. Um, before we always start, I take you through that little, you know, preamble where I tell you uh, what TMC is about and who the a catalyst is. And it's becoming, you know, it's like it's becoming very, very uh, uh, monotonous. You always hear it. Uh, TMC is a group of like-minded people who, uh, you know, understand that they are looking for more in life. It's all about communal living, where a group of people come together to help each other set goals, break them, and make them in life. Okay. So um, I will just go through a very, very short snippet today. I've prepared something for you guys. I want you to know a little bit more about TMC. So I'm reading you the general goals, right? So in the Mental Catalyst, right, one of the general goals is to take part in what we call the magical morning, which means, you know, waking up between 4 to 5.30 a.m. Like they say, the early bed, you know, catches the worm. Early to uh, bed, early to rise, makes a man what? Healthy, wealthy, and wise. So that's one of the cornerstones of TMC. Also, we have, um, you always have to achieve a daily physical activity target for 2022, it is at least or an average of 5,000 steps a day that is making sure that you are healthy. I'll go through a couple more. Um, achieving reading targets. You've always been hearing us talk about, you know, our reading goals. So if you are someone who's not used to reading, once you are a member of TMC, you will learn how to gradually get into the strides of reading. So it's also mental health, right? Um, you have some personal growth and development uh, goals as well. You are always paired with, you know, someone who is there to make sure you are accountable and you are meeting your goals, okay? And we also want to um, practice what we learn. It's important that when you meet your reading goals, you do not just read and then it passes away. You retain it so you can share it or use it in your life to achieve your goals, right? And lastly, and actually one of the most important is to be consistent, to be consistent. So if you're out there and you're looking for a family to join where you will be able to turn around your life in terms of your physical, your mental, spiritual well-being, then do well to grab a form from the link that will be shared 
down there in the comment section. Please do well to uh, click the link, grab yourself a form, fill it, and join the family. And I, I promise you, it is definitely, definitely going to change your life. So that is just a brief, brief, brief snippet of what you get when you join TMC. So we'll go straight into today's activities, okay? Like I said, I have two very, very established panelists who are, they share one common denominator. They are life coaches. And they are going to help us understand a bit more about self-mastery and the benefits of emotional intelligence. I know a lot of you, a lot of you out there have heard emotional intelligence. I don't know just how much you know about emotional intelligence, but tonight we are going to really, really, really go into it and you will get to understand. So make sure you are sharing the link, like I said, and make sure you are tuning in for the entire hour. I would like to first introduce Lizzie Ann Kwagwezi, who is a mediator and transformational coach. She will be with us taking us through self-mastery and, uh, you know, uh, the benefits of emotional intelligence. I would also like to introduce James Kwesi Addison. James, how are you doing? Our culture is to say hi, you know, unmute, say hi, and wave so we can see and hear your voice. Thank you. Good, good, good evening. I hope you are well. I'm doing great. Thanks. I am glad you are doing great. So, um, James, we, we will just dive straight into the, the, the matter at hand, right? I know a lot of people, it's, it's become a buzzword. A lot of people are now getting to know a bit more about emotional intelligence, especially in the corporate world. You hear it a lot because, you know, there's, that's where there's a lot of friction, people trying to get their KPIs through. And, you know, you hear people say you have to exercise emotional intelligence when you are dealing with your superiors and your colleagues, right? So I'd like to know from you personally, what is emotional intelligence? And um, can you share some kind of an example of everyday life where emotional intelligence comes to play? Great. Uh, thank you very much. And I must say I'm also honored to be invited uh, to speak to you and your group today. I hope you can hear me. I can hear you very, very, very well. You can Good. go on. Good. So basically, uh, I normally tell people that emotional intelligence is made up of two words, emotions and intelligence. So to what extent are you intelligent when it comes to your emotions? Right. So emotional intelligence is our ability to make healthy choices with regard to issues when emotions are very high. Now, most of the time, uh, distressed emotions can take the better part of us and we end up regretting uh, whatever we've done or whatever we wish uh, not to have done. And for these reasons, Emotional intelligence has become very, very important. More so in the challenging times that we find ourselves. Uh, conditions are not going to be better, any better uh, from now. So there's the need for us to ensure that we coexist in a healthy way. Now, in our everyday life, I would say emotional or emotions play a very powerful role wherever we find ourselves. 
and it's uh, our ability to manage, especially the distress emotions, will determine how far we can go in life. If you wake up in the morning and somebody does something and you become angry, and because of that you couldn't get to work, or you go to work and you fight, that means the day's work will be affected. You may find yourself in the, in the hands of the law, and probably your, your day will not be that good. Now, if you are working for somebody, it means productivity has suffered. It's very, very important. At the workplace, a lot of people will leave given the opportunity because their emotions are not being respected. And this is so because we are made of emotions, right? Most of the time, we tend to belittle the power of emotions, thinking that when we suppress them, that is when we can do well. But to be frank, emotions is part of us. Any decision that is taken and is taken effectively and properly has made use of both logic and emotions. And this is something that we need to bear in mind. As we speak to you now in 2015, in the World Economic Forum, it was predicted that emotional intelligence is going to be a predictor of employee differentiator in the year 2000 and beyond. And I'm not surprised you are saying it's caught up in the workplace and everybody is talking about that. But it's our prayer that people will not just uh, make fun of the work, but really study and look to apply it so that we derive the necessary benefits from that. So emotional intelligence starts from the home, ends up at the workplace, begins from the workplace and could end up in the home and in the community as well. When emotions are not properly managed by even a whole community, it can degenerate into a whole lot of chaos. If we all remember what happened to Major Captain Mahama, it was out of frustration in that particular community. So I always tell people that, one, emotion is not a respecter of position, neither a respecter of qualification. If not, the MPs will not go and fight, knowing that they represent us and later come and back, beg us. So there's the need for us to know emotions well and live with it properly. And God, in his infinite wisdom, give us emotions to help us not to destroy us. And we can take a clue from the fact that God himself is full of emotions. God has gotten angry before. God loved us. In John 3, 16, he gave us his only begotten son. Right? Christ wept. Why would have Christ with the man that walked upon the sea, raised the dead? Uh, he wept because emotions is part of human beings. We continue to grieve the Holy Spirit. So if Holy Spirit does not have emotions, how would we continue to grieve? Yeah. So this tells you that the creation itself is full of emotions. But remember, God is emotionally intelligent. Christ is emotionally intelligent. The Holy Spirit that guides us is emotionally intelligent. And I think that is why we are here today. We just know right. one or two building blocks that will help us to manage emotions for our good. Right. That, that, is, that is very, very uh, you know, interesting to note bringing in the emotional intelligence of, uh, you know, God 
Um, we'll, we'll come back to that because, you know, when it comes into emotions, often it's used as a bad term. You know, you are emotional. We'll come back to that as we go along, right? So, um, Lizianne, you are welcome. You are welcome. You're welcome. Um, so, we're just discussing, very first question was, what is emotional intelligence? And can you kindly, you know, like, uh, bring it home on, on the ground? What is an example of emotional intelligence in everyday life that you know about, right? So, um, Lizianne, if you can hear me, how are you doing? Okay, while Lizianne is sorting out her camera, we, we can come back to James again. So, James. Um, can we turn off our microphones for those of us who have just joined? Thank you very much. So, um, James, I'm coming back to you, right? Do you think emotional intelligence has a limit? And um, if so, why? I, I just want to know if, like, at what point, at what point does, is it okay for emotional intelligence to rest and then, you know, the rest of you, your emotions to take over? <laughs> That's a very uh, brilliant <laughs> question. Uh, I don't think there's any point where we would love to uh, forget about good things, right? So I won't advise you at any point in time to take a car license. And, and kill somebody <laughs> and, and probably go to jail. Uh, some of these things might be dealt with appropriateness to our loss, right? So, but, you know, as I told you already, there's no need to suppress emotions. So there is the need for us to be allowed to express our emotions, but we must express emotions in five areas that I want to quickly take you people through. And I took this from a, a man called um, Aristotle. There's a man called Aristotle. I, I know most of you have read and heard about him. So he has a very good quotation that tells us how emotions will be handled. So for instance, he said, all emotions are okay. All emotions are okay. Or to be angry is what? It's easy. Anybody can be angry. That is easy. That is the very first aspect of his statement. And when I started, I told you because we are humans, we are social beings, we are emotional beings. To be frank, without emotions, we cease to be human beings. This was exemplified in the case in America. This man called George Eliot, people can Google later. George Eliot was a top CEO. We are talking about CEOs that earn percentage on their bottom line. So for instance, we can talk about people, the CEOs with Gassem, CEOs with uh, Petroleum, Ashanti Gold, and those kind of people, right? GCB, Banger, and those people, right? So this guy has a problem in the brain and a surgery was carried out. Now, it was a very successful surgery. The man came back to life, but then he went back to work. The workers cannot work with him. The children cannot live with the man any longer. The wife filed for divorce. And they had wanted to give him another opportunity to see a doctor. So when he was called 
and giving the slot. When he said, can you come in the morning? The man will do the pros and cons in the morning. I have to wake up early, means I have to sleep early. Uh, probably I will be in traffic. The man could not say I will come or not. He gave him afternoon slot, the same pros and cons. Evening slot, the same pros and cons. But they forced to get him onto the surgery again. And when the brain was opened up, the head was open, we found out that the emotional part of the brain is dead. And that is where they decided to pay more attention to emotions. That means, to be frank, without emotions, we cease to be human beings. But the man could not make any decision when emotions was off. So this tells you that emotions are very, very powerful elements of human beings. So at what point, I'm coming to your question now, at what point yeah. can we say emotions will go to rest? So Aristotle gave us what he called Aristotle challenge. He said emotions, come again, Aristotle gave us his, his challenge. He said anybody can be angry, that is easy. But to be angry with the right person in the right degree, for the right purpose, in the right way, at the right time, that is not easy. And that is the more reason why I cannot give you yes or no answer to when you should rest your good emotions and escalate into the negative one. So for instance, can you be angry? Can anybody be angry? The answer is yes. I mean, in the course of our destiny, if you think the first statement is not right, you can challenge it. But to me, everybody <laughs> can be angry. And he said, that is easy, but to be angry with the right person. So the challenge is that when we even become angry, can we be angry with the right people? Then Chadabuasi people were frustrated and angry with the government of the day for putting an end to Galamsey. But they killed Captain Mahama, who was there to defend them. So they were angry and frustrated, but their anger and frustration ended up facing the wrong, the wrong person. In the homes, we may have challenges with our wives and uh, husbands, and the anger may go to the children when they are coming for their uh, school feeding money or whatever. Look at your head, your head looks like your father's head. You get him up and you know, the father has gone to work already. So angry with the right person may not be that hard, easy. So what Aristotle is saying that if even we will be angry, can we be angry with the right person? Then the second one is the degree. Can we all kindly mute our microphones, please? Sorry about James. You can yeah, continue. Yeah, the degree. Can we be angry at the right degree? Nobody will say, hey, Mr. Addison, we have degrees in emotions. Yeah, we have degrees in emotions. What it simply means is that if a child takes a fish from the soup, don't take the child's hand and put it back into the soup and destroy the hand. If you do that, you avert your anger, but the degree cannot be compared to that. We know people that have taken their parents to UCD and they've beaten them to death. So if you look at what the child did and the anger that the, the parents have expressed, means the degree is incomparable. I mean, you can't compare the two. At the right time, if we even express our anger, can we find a way to express it at the right time? Do we have to express it in the middle of a board meeting to destroy the whole board meeting, or we can wait? And when we return back onto our offices, 
we can pick it up with whoever we want to express our feelings to. At the, for the right purpose and in the right way, I will use an example that is on social media to demonstrate when can we express our emotions in the right time for the right purpose. Most of the time, what is the purpose of the, 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 the anger or the purpose of emotions we are expressing? If a child, if you are punishing a child, what is the purpose of that punishment? Are you punishing the child so that he will not do that next time? Or you are punishing a child in such a way that you take a cane with the child and the cane will probably find the eye and destroy the eye. So what is the purpose of that kind of anger or frustration that you want to express? You are frustrated, all right, from a relationship. But if you want to commit suicide, then what is the purpose? So most of the time, the purpose and the manner we exhibit emotions may not be that right. So there is this an example. A child was in a class and he dreamt of having a watch. But then from where he's coming from, there was no way he's going to get a wristwatch. So there was another young guy in the class who had a wristwatch. So he prayed very hard that any time that this watch will go missing, he will acquire a new one. And surprisingly, one day, uh, the gentleman removed the watch and this guy took hold of it. So it was reported to the teacher at that time who made an announcement that whoever is having the watch should bring it out. Nobody came because the guy was afraid and, and know that he's going to end his uh, schooling. So the teacher said, everybody stand up, close your eyes. And I'm going to go into the pocket of each and everyone and see who has taken the watch. So from one, two, three, four, five, or six person, the man got the watch from the pocket of this gentleman. Now, the man did not stop there. He continued until almost all the students were sexed. The one came out, called the owner of the watch and gave it to him. The man did not say anything about that again. Now, this gentleman continued in the school, became a very great guy, and one day there was a presentation somewhere. So this guy did a presentation and there was standing ovation. Everybody was happy. Then he saw that, oh, the teacher that saved my life is the one that is moderating, like what you are doing, Ebenezer. So he said, <laughs> Prof, do you remember me? So no, 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 I don't remember. Also, Prof, why can't you remember me? I was the thief. So everybody go, wow, <laughs> what is happening? How can a whole lecturer, <laughs> a doctor said this in, the, in front of all this audience? They say, you don't remember me? I said, no, 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 I don't remember. So he said, you should have remembered. I stole the watch and you found it and you never said anything about that. But let me tell you, that day, I was thinking that was the end of my life because I would, been, I would have been stereotyped like the chief, a bad boy, nothing good will come out of me. I wouldn't have even completed school. But when you did not say anything about that, I understood the message. And the professor said, so what do you do now? I say, I'm also a lecturer. I said, what informed you? I mean, what made you to take that profession? He said, it's because of you. The impact you had on my life was so great that I decided to become a teacher so that I will also have a very good impact on other people. This is a scenario that explains where emotions and the purpose could be aligned so that we don't destroy people 
after expressing our emotions. So there is, right. it is always good for us to still maintain emotions for good. In right. Anything. Right, right, right. So that's, that's a very interesting story. Um, I think the long and short of what uh, James is saying is at no point, there, there seems to not be a point where you are not called to exercise some kind of emo emotional intelligence, right? And that the lack of that control can lead to what you would call a, a, a permanent uh, mishaps that might not be able to, you might not be able to contain, right? So that's, that's good to know. Um, now that we have Lizianne with us, um, Lizianne, so um, James had the opportunity to um, explain to us what emotional intelligence means. And he has also explained to us at what point you, you can, you know, put emotional intelligence aside. He effectively said you, you, you really cannot, right? So coming to you, right, I'd just like to know how does... How does um, uh, self-awareness, how does self-awareness come to play when it comes to emotional intelligence? Because we've mentioned, you know, anger in the right measure at the right person. And I, I think there's a level of introspection and understanding yourself that will help you to be able to uh, overcome certain hurdles. So can you kindly briefly explain to us how self-awareness how key self-awareness is to um, our emotional intelligence journey. Thank you very much, Beniza. And uh, good evening to everyone on the platform. Good evening and thank you to James for setting the tone for our conversation. I was listening keenly. Hi. I was listening keenly <laughs> to your presentation and I must say I'm very, very, very much intrigued uh, about the things you have said because... Uh, just like you defined emotional intelligence, uh, I think there are several other ways that people can be identified as emotionally intelligent and uh, people with low emotional intelligence. And I would like to take it from the holistic point of view because being self aware comes as a result of you understanding that the human being is a holistic being. And you cannot talk about emotional intelligence and distinguish it from the person of the person, the soul of the person, the body of the person, and the emotions or the minds of the person. So before we can become self-aware or emotionally intelligent, we have to understand the fact that every human being, whether you are Christian, Muslim, Hindu, professional, illiterate, literate, you are made up of three components. And until we are able to align all these three, then you understand that for me to be self-aware, I need to understand what my makeup is. I have a body, I have a spirit, and I have a soul or a mind. And emotional intelligence, like James said, has to do with the mind. So how should my mind function in a way that it should have a positive impact on my spirit and my body? 
because the spirit has to do with your spiritual being. And the body is what we use here on earth, whether in your profession or in the market or in the home. So these three have to be aligned. And when, that's, when you, we come from that premise, then you know that I have a responsibility to, first of all, identify who I am, one, that thereby helping me to know what I'm made of and then what is expected of me. So even before we grow into our various professions and all, emotional intelligence is not something that we can learn in a classroom or we can become professionals and out of our professions we learn. No, it is, it, it, it is, it is something that grows with you. So it is not like the EQ the emotional quotients that most people are born with. You know, some people are very smart. They are geniuses, yes. But when it comes to emotional intelligence, it has to be developed. It has to be built. And self-awareness is one of it. So it is very crucial, like James was saying, that there is a responsibility on leadership. When I talk about leadership, I'm, talking, I'm taking it right from the home. Because if emotional intelligence is something that is developed, then it means right from childhood, every child, every parent has a responsibility to invest in the emotions of his or her child. We are living in a world that is emotionally bankrupt. And that is why we see bad leadership. And that is why we see people making very bad decisions based on their emotions. Because I feel I'm angry and I want to act out. Let me give you a classical example. Something that was very, very fresh. When James was talking about parliament and the various disputes in the media, I was laughing because I have a very classical one. As fresh as three hours ago. When Cynthia called me, I was just walking out of a negotiation for one of the big power companies in Ghana. And we had a deputy general secretary of one of the toughest unions in Ghana came to represent his union in the negotiation. He walked into the room. He was very late. We, we waited for him for like an hour and a half. He walked into the room and just opened his folder and he's like, yes, let's proceed, let's proceed. This is what I've got. So what is on the table? And the, the, the GM of the, the, the management team was like, excuse me, you just walked into the meeting. You haven't even apologized for being late. And this man fled up. Are you trying wow. to intimidate me? What are you saying? And intimidation had nothing to do with apology. So this right. is so classical. And this is a very well-educated man, very, very educated and well-placed in society. So when leadership fails to invest in the emotional development of people that are under it, then we have a lapse in society. So how do I discover myself, self-awareness? I have to discover myself from the environment in which I exist from the people with which I relate with, from the workplace in which I engage. And you cannot be self-aware outside people, outside situations, outside negative circumstances. So it is that formative, you know, like James was saying, emotional intelligence 
is a formative um, process. You have to go through a formative process. So the good, the bad, the ugly, they all work together. Like he started quoting Bible. So let me join his chair. Like Paul said <laughs> in Romans 8, he said, everything works together for good. So all these experiences that we grow up with right from childhood into adulthood, all these experiences sum together to develop the mindset of the individual. So whatever orientation you are coming with, whether from your home, whether from your workplace, whether from your church environment, that is what we have to expect. So garbage in, garbage out. Let me tell you something. When a child is growing up and you are like, what kind of stupid child are you? Don't you understand? Can't you reason? What you are doing is you are investing in the emotions of the child. And that child goes out and he feels that when I'm angry, I have to use vulgar words to express myself. And that child will become a PhD doctor and he will come to university, come to the lecture hall and express the same things on the kids. Is it that he's not intelligent? No. He's very intelligent. But is he emotionally intelligent to be able to distinguish and manage his emotions? When, like James said, should I say what to whom? And what impact do I expect to get out of it? So these are some of the things that help. And being self-aware, being self-aware is a power tool. Let me tell you something. People with low emotional intelligence, let me give you some of the signs that you can use to identify. And that is for me and the rest of us. I'm learning as I'm sharing with you. How do I identify somebody with low in- emotional intelligence? People who are aggressive. People who are demanding. You can see very highly notable people, including CEOs, who throw tantrums in the boardroom. Are they not intelligent? No. They have two, three masters. They ego, egocentric people, people who are bossy. I want to have my way. People who are overly competitive. Competition is not bad. But when you are overly competitive, then it means emotionally you are not intelligent because you are trying to prove a point. And most times it's not really trying to prove a point to the people because you have not discovered yourself and you haven't attained that height of self-awareness. You want to prove to yourself that you are somebody. So you want to, most times people try to demean others to be able to stand out and they feel that is the way I can stand out. People who are easily distracted, you are not focused. You want to do everything and anything at every time. And poor listeners, people who are resistant to change, people who are unresponsive, people who are very stubborn, people who are very negative, All these are traits of low emotional intelligence. And how does self-awareness help you to attain the the increased emotional intelligence? Because you can increase. Emotional intelligence, like I said, is developed. And development goes through stages. So you keep increasing and building it from time to time. Right. Right, right, right. You, you fully exhausted. I mean, I had a couple of follow-up questions to what you were saying, and you have like fully, you've gone beyond the the, 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 the question limit, actually. So I'm very, very happy because I, I'm learning new things. 
one thing that I think is very key to what you were saying is, especially at the formative ages, you know, um, I, I don't know where, where, I mean, generally, if I, if I take a, a, a glance across at least the society that's close to me, I see examples of some of the things that you are saying, especially between parents and children. And um, I think that's one thing that we should note for everybody who is watching. If you have kids, you have or you deal with kids to be to, to teach them sometimes. It's not sometimes kids always mirror adults, isn't it? So you should learn to teach your kids in your own, you know, how you deal with them, how to be very, very uh, tactful and how to manage their emotions under certain conditions. So that's that's very, very key to note. Also, you've mentioned, you know, how uh, um, that lack of intelligence affects uh, uh, people in the workplace. And that's also key to note. So. There were two questions I was going to ask that you vaguely brushed on, but I think James can also touch on them. So, James, first question I was going to ask was, you know, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to briefly read uh, a book by uh, Daniel Coleman, right, which I have with me here, actually. Um, and it, it, it deals with emotional intelligence. And here he argues that, um, oh, Wow, we are <laughs> we're on the same trail. So he argues that being emotionally intelligent in most cases is far more beneficial than having an IQ. And I believe you, you just gave us a story that sort of buttresses that. So I'd like you to touch on it briefly and also tell us at what point, at what point can you confidently say that, okay, I am emotionally intelligent to a good degree. I know you can never be perfect. So kindly touch on those two questions and then we will come back to um, Lizzie Ann to you know, further, further touch, on, touch on them as well. Good, before I touch on my main question, uh, I would like to say a big thanks to, is it Lizzie? Lizzie Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's done a very brilliant uh, uh, presentation and shared a very wonderful thought. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised how you people are getting uh, speakers like this at this time. Uh, a very, very crucial moment <laughs> where we can't get our e-levies passed, so forth and so on. So, uh, it's very, very good. But I could see almost. 29 to 30 people here, which is also a very good attendance for status like this. But there is one thing that we are doing to ourselves as intellectuals that are not good. Right? So I would love everybody here to, in a matter of a minute or a second, go to the Emotional Intelligence TV and subscribe. This is very, very important. This is the only way we can promote ourselves. If Shatawale should come here now, <laughs> and, tell, and tell you people, to, you will not even tell you, you, go and subscribe. But intellectuals are very difficult to promote their own. You get my point? That's good. Now back to my sister. If we see here, my child, my future. Right? This is one of the books yeah. that I've written. And it's opt optimizing emotions in children. So when my sister went into the family, I was so happy that 
she's been able to identify that we, we, there's the need for us to be made part of our training, both in the home and in the school. Everything begins from here. When we get it right with the children, the rest will be a history and a very good history. Good. Now, uh, emotions have become very, very important. Let me give you one research that was carried out to buttress the point of emotional intelligence. Uh, they used 19 years to undertake that particular research. 19 good years. 19. 19 good years to undertake that particular research. And it came, and it came to light that the future success is better predicted not by IQ, but EQ. And it's made up of social and emotional intelligence. These two areas is a better predictor of life sources. So what happens is that they went to schools in America. It was carried out between the borders of America and Canada. They went to the schools and found out from the teachers and observed the student at the age of five. So the research came out that what your child does or know at the age of five could predict his future sources. So they found out 14. So anybody here who is listening to me, you must, this is one of the things you must pack and take home, that you're going to put them into practice and raise responsible children. Now, the very first thing they look at is children that have the ability to listen. How can me sit down quiet? How can people join us quiet and listen, predict their future success? We'll get to know very soon. So children that were able to sit and listen to their teachers, their parents, they identified them. That was number one skill. The second skill was collaboration. Collaboration. A child that can come together, atakakra, atapenyu, they can come together, put a, how do you call it, a chair, one will hold the chair very well, <laughs> and the other one will stand on it, and they will go for the chocolate, yes. They will go for the chocolate from the top of the fridge. They are not thieves, right? <laughs> uh -huh. they, 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 have, they have not developed the impulse management of maturity. So they can't wait for their parent to come and ask them to go for the chocolate. So when you see these things in children, don't term them as thieves and destroy them. They are growing, they are going to grow up to become better and more successful children. Because as we speak now, in the 2020 Economic Forum, it came out that one of the most important skills, to be found, they listed 10 skills. People can go and read about the 10 most important skills for the 21st century. They listed 10 skills. Out of the 10 skills, collaboration was number six. Emotional intelligence is number eight. So collaboration, these children are practicing collaboration. That is point number two. The skill number three was sharing. A child that can share with another child, what they are saying is that take good care of that child. It's a predictor of a future success. The last but not the least is conflict management. A child that, that has the capability to manage conflict, what they are saying is that that child is going to be a very successful child. Now, children that could not do these four things properly were also being monitored and traced. 
So after 19 years, these children has now grown up to be a middle-aged adult, 25, 26. They follow them, and revelations were mind-blowing. Those that were able to do that at that age, at five and six, right? At five and six, these children have become CEOs. They have become the Ebenezer Samuels. They have become the leaders, they are moderators. They have become the, the formative people behind the catalyst group. You see, in relationship, they are doing well. When they are at the workplace, people feel free to work with them. When they move, people move. They are very assertive and not aggressive. So quickly, they get to know that emotional intelligence is a better predictor of life success than the IQ that we made to begin. So this is a simple and one of the uh, widely researched papers that throw its weight behind how important emotional intelligence is. And it's very right. also important, even at the workplace. You see, most of the time when I meet the HR, sometimes we can't link emotions to their bottom line because they see it not to be tangible. How does it contribute to productivity? I will give you one research that probably, if we have enough time, we'll go in. In 2013, in 2013, there's a company called Metrics. They carried on research in Europe. All the European countries, they had wanted to find out the psychological cost to their economy. And it will blow your mind off. Annually, <laughs> they were spending 620 billion euros. 620 wow. billion euros on psychological issues. And one wow. of them, one of them that is very serious and we don't, we turn a blind eye to, is what they call presentism and absenteeism at the workplace. Presentism and absenteeism cost Europe 270 billion annually. And what is presentism? You want me to come to work. I'm not respected, I'm not valued, I'm not appreciated. So what I have to use one hour to do, I will use three hours. And HR that HRs are not that good in mathematics. So sometimes they are not able to calculate some of these things and cost them. I don't feel happy. So I will call in sick. This is fake sickness. People fake sickness. will go for leave and they will be paid. And other people have to come in and they also be paid. So it's costing the company double. When somebody leaves and the person has been with you for 10 years, you lose a number of experience and loyalty. You need to float an advert in papers. It will cost you. You need to bring the CEOs and other experts together and conduct interviews. You will pay for their podium and certain allowance. When you finish, you must be able to train the person before the person will even customize himself with the culture of the company. All these things are costs. So it is good, it is in our own interest to move with people that are committed and ready to make sure right. that the company meets its goals. One of the things I want you to pack and take home is that emotions will move workers and workers will move productivity. Anytime right. the emotions of workers are belittled, you are fighting your, your own productivity. And bottom line will seriously be affected. Right, right. Thank you so much. So I have a couple of questions coming in, which I should throw. But to remind everybody, guys, 
Um, if you just join or you join halfway through, maybe your network wasn't good somewhere in between all of this, you can kindly go onto Don Miller's page on Facebook and catch a rerun of what we've just done. It's been a lot of information today, I'm telling you. Information overload. So you make sure you go have a rerun. You can actually, uh, what do you call it, uh, fast forward, go back. You can watch it as much as you want and take down all the important notes that James and Lisiane are giving us tonight. Okay, there are a couple of questions coming through, which I think I should deal with now. We have about 10 minutes, give or take, before we are done. On this show, that one hour comes by so quickly. I mean, sometimes I wish we could do an hour 30 because there's so much more to talk about. So, Lisiane, um, question coming to you, right? Someone says, your workers are constantly defying your orders or undermining you. How do you deal with this situation without flaring up? So this person wants to know if there are conditions under which flaring up is okay. And is that exercising emotional intelligence or not? Flaring up is a classical display of low emotional intelligence. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just what it is. So what else can you do apart from flaring up? So that's what we ask ourselves. Emotionally yeah. intelligent people always engage themselves in reflective thinking and asking themselves questions. So what else can I do apart from flaring up? What else can I do apart from slapping them with query letters? What else can I do apart from giving them punitive measures? Yes, what you need to do is to engage. And when James was talking about the kids, James, I, I, by the way, I love the title of your book. When we are done with the show, I should get one. When he was talking about collaboration, collaboration, collaboration is crucial for leadership, especially for those in the HR positions. You know, we have conflict management styles. Maybe that's a topic for another day, but collaboration is part of the conflict management uh, tools you can use to resolve conflict. And in conflict resolution, we say that is the best. So how do I collaborate with my workers to get them to a place where they don't see my, uh, why should I say others? Emotionally intelligent people don't call it others. We don't argue, we don't, instruct. We don't give management prerogative. If you get into a work environment that, that develop highly emotionally intelligent people, one of the things you see, madam, in answer to your question is the use of language. So do I give orders or instructions or do I engage the people or give information? So in a case where you see that they are defining your orders, the first thing that comes to my mind is your work environment. What kind of language are you using in your work environment? What is the atmosphere like? Then now how can I get them to engage? What you need to do is engage. For you to engage them, you need to understand that people, especially workers or any type of people, reside on a particular beach. And for you to, 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 to get into them and get them to collaborate you and be loyal to you and fight for increased productivity, you must know what beach are they residing on. The beach is an acronym for beliefs, expectations, assumptions, concerns, and hope. 
So when you understand the beliefs of the people, the expectations of the people, the assumptions of the people, the concerns of the people, and the hope of the people, what it does to them is it's like a rope. You have thrown a bait to pull them towards your leadership. And then if they are residing on a different beach, they are, you, you see that their expectations and everything about the work and the work environment and how things should be done is different from what is supposed to be. Now, management or any form of leadership reside on another beach. So what is the management, you as the leader, in response to your question, madam, what are the beliefs, the expectations, the assumptions, the concerns, or the hopes of the company? Help them to understand. But first, you have to try to understand them for them to be able to come to your beach. So you have to come to a common beach where there is collaboration. So what is happening at your workplace now or the, work, the scenario you are creating is that the workers and the management team or the leader are on separate beaches. And when Different two people beaches. are on separate beaches, what you see is conflict, differences, disruption of work, antagonism. And it is the role of leadership. I keep drumming it about leadership, leadership, leadership. You have to be strategically humble. As leaders, we have to be strategically humble to get people to that place where they can understand us and get shared solution. There has to be a generation and generation is not from one person. So if you, the leader, you are emotionally intelligent and the people are not, how do you bring them to your level? It is work. Get them to a place where they can generate options to have a shared solution where there is ownership. So, Madam, until you get to that place where the people own the beliefs, the expectation, concerns, and assumptions of the company and what you stand for, you would always have clash with them. And the key is use of language. What language are you using? Even in your letters, in your queries, in your memos, what is the tone of your language? That's very important. That is indeed very, very important. The tone, the tone, I think sometimes it's something that is lost in uh, dealing with other people. You know, sometimes you hear the tone and then, you know, someone's lack of intelligence, emotional intelligence will bring your, will bring out your bad side as well. And then, like you said, I like the concept of beaches. I won't forget. You, you guys will be in different beaches, all right? So um, there's one more question that I'd like to ask. We are running out of time, but then I'll give uh, James two minutes to, um, you know, uh, get this one. So I really, really love um, uh, Kofi Blankson. He's here every week. I see him making comments. So, Kofi, wherever you are, this one is for you. So, um, Kofi wants to know, he says, please help me confirm if emotional intelligence can be learned or by one's nature, they will be naturally or they will naturally be emotionally intelligent. So, James, um, this one is for you, your your two minutes start now. Good. Uh, thank you very much. I think uh, Lizzie has made this point uh, uh, emphatically that emotions, emotional intelligence is teachable, it's learnable. Right. So we have, uh, how do you call it, a lot of psychometric measures in the system 
I'm, I'm qualified to administer EQ 2.0 and EQ 360. Right. So these measures help you so that if you know where you are standing in terms of empathy, assertiveness, self-regard, then we'll give you the ABCs to do in order to improve upon them. But of course, nature, where, uh, where you are born, the environment, you get to my point. I also, are you getting my point? So when your parents are emotionally intelligent, somebody will see you outside and think that you were born with it. Something must have triggered and caused it. So we are all born with emotion. That is why children at a very tender age, they go closer to hot water, you take it away, they flare up. That means they are also born with emotions. But it's up to us as leaders to let them manage it for good. So what we need to know is that emotions will be led. We can teach you to be very empathetic. There are A, B, C, things that you have to do. The very first one to build your empathy is your ability to listen. And you must be an empathetic listener. Everybody wants to speak, but who is ready to listen? God has a reason of giving us two nose, two ears, but only one mouth. He wants us to hear and listen as twice as we want to speak. And that is a challenge. So your ability to listen to people it's a way to build an empathy. This is very, very important. Right. When you find uh, traits in people that are very good, you tap into them and help them to develop it. You are building your empathy. So it's, it's teachable, it's learnable, and it could be improved at any point in time, only if you are willing. Right. So I have a couple more questions. Um, I, have, I have one more question. And then um, we'll come to um, Lizian. Lizian, we have a special uh, bit for you. You'll be given a couple of minutes to to speak on something very important to us. Talking about something very important to us, everybody at home, I know you know that on the seventh of May we will be headed towards the Volta region, and we'll be doing that big climb. We'll be climbing Mount Afaja too. We spoke about this, uh, you know what seems like a lifetime of episodes ago. But guys, I hope you are going out there and getting your gear and preparing yourself because we will be climbing the mountain. Lizian, in, in five minutes, Lizian will, will, will tell us about how she's preparing people to take that climb, right? So guys, okay. to, to round up our conversation on emotional intelligence, um, I'll start with uh, James, then we come to Lizian. I'd like to know from you, what... What can you say are the social benefits, right, of being in, emotionally intelligent with regards to family, uh, life, maybe career? And also, you know, this question came out of the fact that we wanted to know, does it mean that people who are thriving at work or thriving in their relationships or, you know, just making it to the top are all people who are exhibiting, you know, full emotional intelligence? Is it? the preserve of people who are emotionally intelligent to make it, or there are some, you know, discrepancies here and there. I'll take that from James. You can use that as your closing statements. And then Lizian will come in and then we'll move on to the rest of the day. Guys, we have been uh, credited another few minutes to wrap up. So we'll keep it brief as possible. So James. Great. Uh, let me put it in the simplest form. People that are very successful who have various things that contribute to their success, but all of them have one thing in common. All of them are emotionally intelligent. 
read about Bill Gates, you see that one of the strongest elements of Bill Gates is self-regard. Your ability to know what you know and to know what you don't know. And what you don't know, what do you do to fill up that gap? So somebody will be at the top. That does not necessarily mean that he has 100% or 150% in all the competencies of emotional intelligence. But he has the ability even to know where he or she is falling short. I can give an example, but I can't mention a name. There's a great man in this country who have stopped thinking. All that he does is that when you bring the idea together, he said, bring the people that can help us implement the idea. And he's fully rich in this country. He's not the best in academia, neither the best in all the emotional intelligence. But your ability to use your strengths and leverage on them is a very powerful thing for all of us. As I'm ending, if you want to get more of this, go and subscribe to Emotional Intelligence TV, EITV. I think they've shared the link. I'll be very disappointed if I don't see people <laughs> subscribing. Very, very, very disappointed. Subscribe, share, let the people hear the good news. Are you getting my point? And my number is 0268-330951. It's a, a, how do you call it, WhatsApp plan as well. You can locate right. me on it. If you need some of the books, you can contact me and then you make sure you have some. You can also link us to companies, churches, and everywhere. Thank you very much for this opportunity. James, it's been, it's been amazing having you. And indeed, I feel like we didn't even get the opportunity to fully exhaust this. So hopefully, you know, in the future, we'll be back doing this again, right? So, um, Lizian, coming back to you. Uh, okay, I think your, your YouTube link, James, your YouTube link. So, guys, like he said, um, I think it's Emotional Intelligence TV, right? Make sure you are, you know, uh, catching the link. It's a YouTube link. And you'll be getting very, very good snippets from James Addison, who has acquitted himself superbly today. So, Lizian, coming to you, you also share, you know, your thoughts on how, um, um, you know, someone has just put their hashtag, bring them back. There is a big call for you guys to come back. Lizian, back to you. So, can you tell us, how do you think um, emotional intelligence contributes to success? Several ways, um, uh, Ebenezer. We can we can count numerously and uncountable. Um, uh, adding value to the family, adding value to society, adding value to the business, bringing return on investment. But there's something that I want to tickle you and the the the, the listeners with. We can talk about what value it brings. But the question is, how do we add value to ourselves emotionally? So I would want to end on that note. We must be deltas, we must be agents of change like the catalyst. And we must be intentional about what we want to do for ourselves and society using language. The, 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 the best way that emotional intelligence is displayed is through the use of language because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So we must be people who use language effectively. And how can we add value to ourselves through that one? We must be able to use, I have an acronym which is PULSE. Next time we'll go into it. Always ask yourself questions before you take a decision, before you act, before you make a move. 
What do I want to do? Why do I want to do what I want to do? Why is it important to me? Why is it important to my family? Why is it important to my business? Learn the importance of that, the significance, and then search. You must be open to, to other people's views and opinions and ideas. So search, brainstorm, look out for options. Whenever you engage in a conversation, in a board meeting, in a family meeting, open up and look out for options. What else can be done? What if we do this? What if we do that? And the most important one I'm going to leave you with, always at the end of taking yourself through these reflective sessions, you must always have a roadmap every day. Remember, roadmap. emotional intelligence is developed. So on a and then every day you tell yourself that I'm waking up today. What is it about today I want to achieve? How will it benefit me? How will it benefit my family? Why is it important to me? Why is it important to my work? Why is it important to my family? What else can be done to add value? And what next? So hold yourself accountable to yourself. That's what emotionally intelligent people do. And then find somebody to hold yourself accountable to. So what should I do when, how, to whom am I going to report it? And then what results do I expect? If we're able to follow through these trails, these five questions, what, why, what if, what next? I think we should be heading straight towards becoming highly emotionally intelligent people. Thank you. Thank you too. Wherever you are, I want you to give a virtual round of applause James Addison knows what to do. He's already doing that. Give a virtual round of applause to our two panelists who have fully, you know, to the best. Thank you very much. I see Thesia Jenkins as well. They've really, really put in a lot. We've just cracked the surface, but we've learned so much already, right? Um, so before we go, before oh, you, we go. You saw who? Thesia Jenkins? Yes, please. I did. America, USA. <laughs> yeah, she's giving some waves. So I think possibly she'll drop something in the comment section so you guys catch up. He's, he's, um, my, he's my partner, right? In the UK, uh, in oh. the USA. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, we have we heard the first, yeah, we had the first <laughs> emotional intelligence African summit together in Ghana. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. A round of applause. A round of applause. Has she been on your program before? She is yet to join. She will do that, definitely. Okay. So I'll, I'll work on that. A commitment on her behalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, uh, guys, I've mentioned May 7th. I've mentioned that for everybody at home. I've mentioned May 7th. I've mentioned the climb. And um, we have just about five minutes to round up. So um, Lizzie, I hear you are doing some really, really good work. Lizzie, you are doing some really good work with people who go up there to climb the Afaja too. Can you, in like two minutes, 30 seconds, just tell us exactly what you are doing, how you are preparing these people, and what, what's the purpose of all of it? So, Lizianne, the floor is yours for two and a half minutes. Okay. Thank you, Ebenezer. Uh, I wish to see Cynthia's face. After the program, I'll find a very <laughs> long case. <kid. laughs> Cynthia, you are putting me on the spot. Yeah, so um, I work with Gami and Gami Group. It's uh, an ADR, oh, a puppet okay. dispute resolution, and uh, human resource management and industrial relations consulting firm. And we yeah. have uh, ADR Daily. That's a puppet dispute resolution daily. It's an online right. news portal. 
that deals with professional issues in the area of human resource management, dispute resolution, and industrial relations. What we do is we organize an annual mediation tour. I was sharing with Cynthia, and she told me, hey, the catalysts are planning a climb to Afaja. So two years ago, we, we had about... Uh, 90, I think 91, 92 people, uh, professionals from various industries and some mediators. Uh, we took them to Afajato and then we did a mediation walk, a mediation climb up the conflict mountain. We called it the conflict mountain. And Cynthia was telling me about the catalyst plan to have a climb to yeah. conquer your fear. So I told seven, her yeah. that can be likened to climbing the conflict mountain because your fear is in conflict with your personality, your God-given purpose and identity. So whatever is your fear is something that is contradicting what you are made for. So if you are able to climb, have that climb, then you should be in a position to conquer whatever it is that is standing against you and your desired position. So it's going to be a very interesting climb, I believe. I was sharing with her, there is so much that can be done. It's not just climbing up. We're going to talk about how do we resolve conflicts, personal conflicts, interpersonal conflicts, conflict with yourself. That's the biggest form of conflicts that the whole world, people in the world are suffering from conflict with self. So as we climb, we'll talk about dealing with conflict with self. If you're able to deal with conflict with self, you use the same principles to deal with conflict with other people. And then we would also talk about dealing with organizational conflict. How do you deal with conflict to be able to increase productivity and add value to organizational effectiveness and then help people to, like I said, use the pulse approach. Remember, every catalyst is going to be a delta. Should I have an opportunity, which I think I should make time to walk you through, I would walk you through the pulse process and then show you how every catalyst is supposed to be an agent of change, which is a delta, and then how you can use the pulse triangle to climb up the conflict. By the time you get to Afajato, you, you are a different person altogether. And climbing down is like I'm coming down to take steps like the explain stage to go out and get my world, get my dreams and be that change agent for my generation. So it's going to be exciting. And I hope everyone here would get others to come on board, including yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lizian is speaking to all catalysts across the globe and indeed every other person who is interested in becoming a catalyst Guys, like you saw at the beginning, we dropped the link to download the forms and join the family. I, I, can, I can speak to the um, efficiency of Game and Game because I have, in you know, sometime in my life, cross paths with your, your outfit. And guys, I'm telling right. you, everything that you said tonight has been signed, sealed, and delivered by the fact that you work with Game and Game. So... I, I, I should say we are, we are just a couple of minutes to the end of the show. I cannot, I cannot reiterate enough how happy I am to have had James Addison and Lizzie Ann Kwabuji on tonight's show. Anywhere you are, guys, I want you to send some gratitude in spirit to touch these individuals who week in, week out, just take some time off their very, very busy schedules 
to join us right here on the Catalyst Experience. Guys, thank you so much for coming through. Let's do well to go back and watch the show, catch the show, because there are a lot of acronyms that flew this evening that you need to go back and write, okay? And make sure you are sharing the links with family and friends. And also make sure you are rethinking and reconsidering joining the Mental Catalyst and being an alpha, a, a beta, right? Please, you said, is it beta that you said? Delta, delta. Delta, agent of that's change. A reason, that's the reason why I need to go and rewatch this so I can get it down properly. So you'll be a delta, an agent of change. Make sure you join TMC and become a catalyst for your own good and the good of society. So I will end on that note by saying, guys, Make sure that you are being intentional about your success, be it your mental, spiritual, psychological well-being. Everything that we've heard in the weeks past and today comes back to the fact that you need to really, really, really sit down and think about how to change your life. It's for your own good and for the good of society at large. Please do well to read a book during the course of the week. Do well to check up on a friend. Do well to be the good in the world. Coming from me, Ebenezer Asmini sometimes, but Mr. Utu, when I'm here with you, I'd like to say have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. To every woman out there, to every woman out there, I almost forgot. I hope you had a very, very good International Women's Day. Lizian. Very, very good International Women's Day. Lisa, thank you so much. And pardon my manners. I want to say happy International Women's Day to all the women on the platform. And a very big well, one to all the men who have supported us to help us becoming the women we are becoming in the world. Thank you very well, much. Well, God bless our strong and able men. And God help us to be stronger and become women of exploits. Thank you. Thank you, too. So, guys... I'd like to say a big bye-bye from where I am. And like we always do, I want my panelists to unmute and give everybody a big bye. So James, Lizian, I'd like you guys to unmute and give everyone bye -bye. a big bye-bye. 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 Have a good week. Catch you later.